You're listening to to the Show We Go Baseball podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into episode 29 of To The Show We Go, featuring uh, today Chris Enrique and myself, Andrew Parker. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to check out episode 28, we had um, Roman Anthony, who probably, if you're a Red Sox fan, you obviously know Roman Anthony. Um, he ended the year in Portland, got promoted twice, and definitely go check that one out. Uh, today, we have another guy that was essentially promoted twice in 2023 he saw three different levels i'll just say it that say it that way but grant gambrell grant um wanted to uh we were kind of talking off air a little bit about uh some of your stuff this off season but how has that been going for you and what have you kind of been up to yeah the off season off season has been good to me um yeah we just got done talking about how we got a trip to italy me and my girlfriend uh, were able to go to italy for a week and uh one of my buddies was getting married so um yeah just thankful and blessed to have the opportunity to go there and uh, see a different different part of the world and just different type of people and the food and wine and all this stuff. It was it was unbelievable. Just a good trip and uh, just been clearing the head over this offseason. Um, but over the last week, we've been getting back to work and uh, it's been nice for sure to get the body going and start uh, working on mechanics and stuff. So it's been nice. And uh, something I uh, just like what you just touched on is uh, now you've kind of had a chance to decompress after the season a little bit, get away from baseball um, because you had a crazy year, I guess. Like I said, mentioned before, you, you know, ended up coming into Greenville, got up to Portland, then you finished in Worcester. Um, Now that you've had the chance to kind of like step back and be like, okay, like now the, the 2023 season's over, like, how just could you like describe, I guess, like how long your year was for you? So it's funny that you say that it didn't feel long because I was constantly moving. And so I almost, I was only there in Greenville for like a month. I was in Portland for like two months and then I finished a month in Worcester. So it was just like it just felt like I was playing for a new team like every month. And it was honestly a cool experience for me. Like, obviously, I was blessed to be able to go through three different levels and um but it was it didn't really feel long at all. Um, it, just, it felt pretty short, to be honest with you. I mean, my arm would uh, debate that, <laughs> but uh, mentally and physically, I was I was good to go. Um, but yeah, I was just glad to end the year in Worcester for sure. Chris, I, uh, I, I you can chime in whenever. I don't want to hog the mic from you, but um, that was actually another question of mine. Is uh, so you you come back this year? So I guess if you go back about three seasons now, that uh, you've technically missed two whole years with mm-hmm. the COVID season, obviously, and then twenty twenty two. Did that? I, I, you kind of mentioned that your arm might be feeling was maybe a little tired, but yeah. uh, how was like the at the end of the year? You're like, holy cow! Like it's uh, it's good to be back, but wow, that was a grind. Yeah. No. Um... I just can't get over how blessed I am to be doing this still. And you'll hear me say that a lot just because, I mean, my faith is number one thing in my life. And so I've just, I've been so grateful for the opportunities that I've been given. And um, just going back to the start of the year last year, I was just, to be honest with you guys, I wasn't in a good mind state. Um, I mean, I was a 25 year old going to high A and I mean, if you want to make it in this business, it's not a great place to start. And so um just talking to my coaches and stuff like they were just just re like 
um, just talking to me more about just like, don't think of it as you going to Greenville because that's where we think you should go. It was more of like, this is your rehab outing. You haven't thrown in two years. Take it to just get a couple innings under your belt and then we'll move you on. So once I kind of wrapped my head around the fact of um, I wasn't getting sent to Greenville, it was more just, hey, like, just take your time. We we like you a lot and we just want you to ease your way into the season and not just stick you in the double A and have you battling those um, emotions and those uh, problems and stuff like that could, that could occur. And um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely a grind over the last two years before that, just, um, trying to figure out different rehab processes, um, trying to figure out first what was wrong with my ankle. And, um, but it was just, it was definitely a grind for sure. And I'm just thankful to be where I'm at today, just because going into this last year, like there was a, there was a many times that I was just, was like, I don't know if I'm able to do this anymore. I don't know if my body's going to hold up to do this anymore. After my fifth surgery, I was just looked at myself in the mirror and was like, Hey, like either this one's going to work or Hey, it's probably time to hang them up just because like how many times can you go through a surgery before another team wants to just like keep you, you know what I mean? And so it was definitely a tough mental grind, but physically I just, embraced it um i was working with literally the best strength coach that i've ever had in my life and um jeff has worked with me over the past three years and uh, it was sad to see him go but um yeah i just can't thank him enough for what he did for me the andrew is one of our trainers here and he's helped me tremendously and there's just so many people that i'm grateful for in this organization that i didn't necessarily have in the beginning of my season or my career and so um yeah just just super thankful to be here now yeah, I mean, you think about, because as you were saying, um, you know, 25 at that, you know, lower level, it does kind of show, though, the Red Sox basically kind of just saying, like, hey, be patient. Yeah. Because your ability, it shined through. If you, you, know, you think about it, you elevated through the system mm-hmm. at a rapid pace, and it was, you know, deservingly so. You know, you pitched really, really well. I, I know you had brief time with it uh, in Worcester, uh towards like the end of the season, but what would you say has been like the biggest difference that you've noticed as you're going up each level? Cause I'm interested to hear how each, each guy is kind of mentioned, you know, some of them, it's been like, you know, how they attack the hitters. Some of it's just been the overall experience. What has been your overall perspective of as you've advanced up each level this past year? Um, just personally, um, I feel like you could ask a lot of people, they're going to tell you different answers, but just personally from what I've seen and what I've gone through, um, it feels like in high A, you can throw anything over the zone and they're going to swing. And so like just knowing that after I got through a few outings, I was like, oh, like I don't have to be so fine with where I'm throwing my pitches. So it allowed me to just free up what I was thinking and what I was doing on the mound to just like trust my stuff, trust my defense, trust my catchers. And it made it a lot easier once I figured out what they were trying to do. And then as soon as I got to double A, it was like, OK, they're a little bit more patient, but I can still be who I am. I can still fill up the zone and try and get through seven innings and 70 pitches. Like that's my goal is to just be in and out, in and out. Like I don't care about strikeouts. I don't care about all that, all the fancy numbers and stuff. I want to be in and out with the lowest amount of runs on the board. And so uh, once I got to Portland, I was just, I was kind of struggling with my breaking ball. So once we got my breaking ball figured out, it was kind of just lights out from there. And then as soon as I got to Worcester, um, it felt like the zone was a Coke can. Like as soon as like you would throw a pitch like that you thought was a strike, it was like, holy cow, like where could that have missed? You know what I mean? And so once you kind of just figure out the zones up there, um, 
it makes it a little bit easier, but at the same time, like the ABS system was a lot to get used to. And I keep saying that, but at the same time, like I only had two outings up there. So like, I didn't have too much experience, so I can't really speak on the behalf of the hitters up there, but it definitely felt like if you didn't throw it down the middle, they weren't going to swing. And if they didn't swing, it was going to be a ball. And so like, it was just super hard for to wrap your head around that. But um, honestly, the talent level, like I said, I take this with a grain of salt. I've only had two outings up there, but I didn't see a big difference in the, the talent level. It was just more or less the zones, the umpires, and then trying to figure out mentally, like how to attack hitters. Um, Cause they are really good up there. But at the same time, like I just faced half of those guys a month ago in double A. So like why treat them any different now? Um, but no disrespect to them. And um, everybody in triple A is unbelievable. But uh, at the same time, like, you have to step on the mound like you're the best person in the world. And so if you are behind the eight ball in that area, then you're behind the eight ball in general. So, um, yeah, just trusting myself, trusting the defense. When you look behind you and you have seven, eight big leaguers behind you, it's kind of easy to just fill up the zone and let them do their work. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's probably my take on it. Now, I will say it's uh, – yeah. Well, so I, me and Chris were around the team in Worcester from the beginning of the year to the end. So we saw quite a few guys come up and, you know, that would start the veterans that started there ended up leaving. And mm-hmm. um, so we definitely saw quite a few guys come up from Portland this past year. And I will say this, you're you did only have two uh, starts in Worcester. So it's a, it's a pretty small sample size. But yeah you didn't really struggle like when you got <laughs> up there, like I, I just looked, you, you only gave up two on runs. Like you, you, um, and I yeah, feel like one it's pitch too. Damn. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, there's been, there was a ton of talented guys that came up, uh, from double a to triple a that kind of had the, like, you know, like uh BVB, Brian Van Bell was one of the guys and even yeah. Luis Guerrero kind of kind of and Luis Guerrero's got probably the nastiest stuff in the system. Yeah. Um, so it's like, they kind of like, you know, just, Okay, the obviously the ABS, it, it could be a number of things, but um, did that give you a little confidence boost after that first start? Be like, oh wow, like I'm in AAA and you know mm-hmm. I, I I can do this. Yeah, for sure, and that's a lot of credit to Van Bell and to Drohan and to Kyle Bearclaw. They helped me out a lot, just like trying to get me prepared of like what AAA baseball is all about. Because with these new baseballs, like or I guess they're not new, new to me, you know what I mean. And so trying to spin your breaking ball trying to get your sinkers to actually sink like picking their brains to try and um see what they've done see what they've trialed and errored like that helped me a lot and um picking bear claws mind was very very beneficial for me just because he's he's also a pitcher like me you know what i mean van bell's a pitcher like there's a lot of throwers in the or not in the organization just in baseball and so when you can pick pitchers minds like it's very beneficial like being in the facility with chris sale is like very very beneficial for me just because he talks to me about arm care talks to me about how he goes through hitters how he gets prepared for the season stuff like that so as much as i can absorb from the older guys the the better and so i'm always willing to learn i'm always willing to hear different sides of like people's stories of like their their trial and errors their all this type of stuff and um, they helped me out a lot and I, I did have success, but I did, I only had two outings. So I'm sure that there's going to be some bumps in the road, but, uh, at the same time, I just can't thank them enough for getting me prepared. Was, uh, who was your throwing partner? Was it bear claw or Van Bell? Van Bell. I've Van, thrown with okay. Van Bell ever since Greenville. So he's been my guy. Okay. 
So he's like that guy that you you guys are uh, bouncing things off like, ooh, this worked, this pitch grip works for, sure. for me, like try it out type thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Drogan uh, gets really, really in-depth with his pitch grips and what his thought processes are on the mound. And he's left-handed, so it's kind of hard for me to like switch it. But at the same time, like he's, he's brilliant when it comes to pitch design. So um, I really like talking to him too about pitch grips. And so I know this was a – we like we've said like you weren't in Worcester for that long but um you did sp- get to spend a little time though under a guy like Paul Abbott and mm-hmm. Chad Tracy and just that that whole staff um and then you had Chad Epperson down in Double A yeah. who I've heard nothing but great things about and then obviously yeah. Iggy Schwarz in Greenville is mm-hmm. as as advertised but yeah uh, what was your experience like I guess just under you know the Worcester staff and even Epi and and uh, Iggy as well. Yeah, we had some of the best staff that I've ever had, and it was a pleasure to play under them. Um, Epi is the absolute man. Like, playing for a guy like that where a manager is just saying, hey, just go out there, have fun, and just – I mean, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on this, but he said just just you basically yeah. um, <laughs> be who you are and have fun. You know what I mean? Like, he said don't stress it. Like, you're here for a reason. Like, everybody likes you. Just keep being a leader in the locker room and – everything like that. So it was definitely a pleasure to play for him. And then a new pitching coach, Sean Isaac, who was our double A guy was unbelievable to play for. He's so knowledgeable and very helpful. And um, anytime that he sees something wrong with my mechanics or something, he'll always point it out or give you a different insight or a different look on something. And that was super beneficial for me. And um, I'm hoping uh, hopefully he gets a shot at the triple A job, but um, there's a lot of guys in our org that are very suitable for that job. And, um, it was like as that leads into Paul Abbott, and it was it's tough to see him go, but at the same time, like there's definitely a lot of guys that are going to be beneficial in that job and help a lot of kids in this organization. Um, but yeah, Chad Tracy, unbelievable, great guy, um, just a winner. I feel like he just wants to win at all times, and that's the type of guy you want to play for, you know. And um, he just kept stressing, just be who you are. That's I feel like that's just the culture that we have in the Red Sox organization is just be who you are. Um, don't feed into what everybody else is doing. Just like focus on what you're doing and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I just, everybody in the org has been awesome to me and I can't thank them enough. Was it a I surprise? Did want- on, was it a surprise to you guys when the news came out that Abbott wasn't going to return? Yeah. I mean, it was surprising. Just, we had a lot of people on our organization go. And so we just, everybody that like every week it was like, Oh, this person's not coming back. This person's not coming back. This person's not coming back. And we were like, dang, like who are they holding on to? Like, it was just crazy to see all these people um, not coming back. And it was definitely sad. I didn't get a, a, a long time to play for Paul. Um, but at the same time I was, I learned a lot from him and uh, he was a, definitely a great coach to have. Yeah. I feel like every, um, like, you know, we've had Suge on, we've had Brennan nail. We've had a few guys that, uh, Definitely seeing the praises of of Paul Abbott and yeah. uh, what what he brought. So, but they said this almost the exact same thing as you. They're like, whoever's going to go in that spot is probably going to be somebody that's obviously qualified and probably overqualified, yeah. is what Shug said. So, mm-hmm. um, so that I I talked to you at the end of the year um, in the dugout at one point, but I did we you are a um, a fantasy football guy, correct? Huge fantasy football guy. Okay. Are you in that league with Epi and uh, all the, a lot of the Portland guys? No, I left as soon as they were kind of like getting that together. Um, so I definitely missed it. But 
man, it would have been nice to play with them just because Epi's, I know Epi's probably just getting after it in that league. And uh, it's just anything you can do with Epi's fun. He's just a blast to be around. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I think we, we've talked to Hunter Dobbins this offseason. He, he kind of He's touched in my on league. a little bit. Okay. And then uh, we also talked to Salucci, and he was kind of yeah, joking around that Epi was uh, told him to bench somebody or he wasn't going to get the ball type. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, that's the type guy of sounds guy incredible. Yeah, he's awesome. All right. So um, I had a, uh, a question, and you probably would be a good guy to ask this to just because you're – um, you got to see it three different levels this year. Mm-hmm. So you, you got to play with a ton of teammates this year. Yeah, like it's, sure. you probably played with one of the most in the system. Cause you saw three different levels. Yeah. Um, was there anybody that whenever you were down in Greenville and then we'll, we'll use double A as well. And I, I, you know, I was, you weren't in Worcester for that long, but was there any uh, teammates down there? You're just like, Holy cow. Like these guys are incredible to, to play around. I know probably a lot, but is there like a few certain ones? Um, honestly, all of them. It was, it was great to play with all of them. And that was my first time playing with Hickey. Um, so being able to throw to him was really nice. And, uh, it's like, it's funny. Like when you go through a new catcher, it's like, he'll throw a suggestion down and you're like, what but at the same time like hickey with me were always on the same page like i love when he was catching me and being able to build that chemistry from high a and then carry it into portland was huge for me um and so just having the trust in him um was definitely uh i keep using the word beneficial but at the same time like that's the only word to describe it just because he's nails back there i love having him back there like he's got a big league bat and he's just a great catcher and um i'm i'm very excited to play with him uh, down the road for sure. And speaking of catchers, um, your your catcher, one of your catchers, there was uh, three great catchers in uh, Worcester when it, once you got there. But mm-hmm. you uh, you were reunited with, well, not reunited, but there was another Oregon State guy uh, oh, yeah, playing Hamilton. catcher. Yeah, Caleb Hamilton. Uh, yeah. Did you, did he catch you in either of the two games that you? He pitched? caught my AAA debut, which was awesome. Okay. That was super cool. Like I didn't get a chance to play with him at Oregon State. Uh, I missed him yeah. by a year, but. Yeah, as soon as uh, I got the news that he was catching, I was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool, like a little Oregon State battery." Um, but yeah, it was it was really nice, and he caught me on a day that we didn't have ABS, and he's got literally the best hands I've ever seen. Um, and so it was it was nice to have him back there for sure. Yeah, Chad you- called him the best framer in yeah. all of minor league baseball. It's ridiculous. Did you yeah. uh, get the chance to? to um with him on um gosh what was the uh i don't know i lost my train of thought i was kind of thinking of something else but um oh cam boozer was also an oregon state guy right yeah um i didn't know that till i didn't know who he was until i got to spring training and we just got a chance to catch up and stuff like that and yeah it's just such a small world how um we all ended up together and in the red sox org but yeah it's been cool it's been very very cool well, I have some one-offs, Chris. I don't know if you have something before yeah, I dive I into it. I found it funny because um, when you interviewed with Andrew um, towards the end of the season, one of the things that um, you guys talked about how you're not a big social media guy and that you really don't follow baseball as much. Yeah, no, and, not at all, really. Um, you know, has that 
change a little bit though? Like, is that something you're going to try to do a little bit more as you get ready into like next season or is just kind of doing your thing? Like, I think it's, I think it's wild. You know what I mean? Like, you know, major league, yeah, minor league pitcher trying to get you up to the bigs and just kind of, I think it's super like, it's, it's a cool mindset. You know what I mean? Just kind of really yeah. blocking out that noise. Yeah. I think that was one of the most beneficial things I did um, over those two years that I kind of took off was to just get away from baseball. And um, I, t- I talked about it in one of our interviews uh, that I did in Worcester. And it was like, I almost felt like it was an advantage for me not knowing who anybody is up there. And so like, you'll have a first, like a first rounder third pick of the draft. And like, I've never heard of them. And so like, I'll just attack them. Like I attack the nine hitter, you know what I mean? So like, I mean, it's an advantage for me because like, I don't really care who's in the box, but at the same time, like it could be not good where it's like, Hey, this guy smokes inside heaters. I mean, not knowing that like that could hurt me, but at the same time, like we have great scouting reports. We have great catchers that call a great game. And so like, I just trust what they're calling and, what I see with swings and stuff like that. So, I mean, I just try not to make baseball harder than it needs to be. It's already the hardest game. And so, like, trying to free it up mentally is way easier on you. And when you don't have social media too often and you don't watch baseball, like, I get when people are like, you need to watch baseball to know what hitters are doing or what the what the game is like up there. But at the same time, like, I want to I wanna see that firsthand. I don't want to take that and see what I see on TV and be like, oh, I'm expecting this. I'm expecting this. Or, oh, I saw one time he hit a homer on a slider. Like, I don't want, I don't want to see that type of stuff. Um, and then so the social media aspect is like, I don't want to be anybody else. I feel like social media is all about what, what, what is everybody else doing and how can I do that? And it's like, I just want to be who I am and clear my mind. Like, social media, in my opinion, isn't something that's good for your mental health. I think it's just so negative. And it's always comparing yourself to other people and, I just try to distance myself from that as much as possible. And I honestly think that that's one of the most beneficial things I did over those 18 months. And so, uh, yeah, I'm just continuing to do that and um, just learning different ways to incorporate that little by little into my daily life. So that way I'm not completely distant. Like I obviously, I don't, I don't know if I have any fans yet, but I want to give my fans, if I get to the big leagues, like a look into my daily life. And so like, that's where I'll take the social media aspect. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to be on there for two hours, just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and seeing what people are doing. I just personally don't think that's great for your mental health. Yeah. And, uh, I, I got a couple things from, uh, to follow up on that. The, that first one was, I do remember that interview was after your last start in Worcester and you faced the Norfolk tide yeah. who were incredibly stacked like that yeah. line they ended up winning the championship in triple a like yeah no, that um, seems and I, it, I asked you a question about it and i'm like oh yeah you were facing uh you're facing kobe mayo and norby and I, I think jackson holiday was on the team at the time like there was a ton of dudes on that team and you're just yeah. like yeah like i don't know i didn't even know they were top <laughs> prospects yeah like i feel like after the after my outing uh, a couple of people were like, what did you throw to Mayo? What did you throw to these people? And I'm like, dude, I don't really remember. And they'll be like, dude, how do you not know? Like, these guys are first rounders. Like, they're going to be in the show next year. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just kind of went up there and trusted what was being called and trusted what I saw with my eyes and just didn't treat them like they were some superstar just because, like, their name, they did something before that. You know what I mean? Like, baseball's tough. Like, I don't want to give them the – or I do want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but at the same time, like, 
I'm, I feel like I'm pretty good too. So like, I want to just be able to showcase who I am, you know? Yeah. It, it stuck out to me. I, I, I will, I always remember that. Cause I think I even <laughs> told Chris after I was, uh, after I was done interviewing, I'm like, he honestly, like, couldn't have even told you that Mayo and Norby and all these guys. And uh, yeah. I, I, they had just stacked when I was like, he couldn't even told you what it, these guys were drafting the first round or the 30th round, like five yeah. years ago. Like, and I don't mean any disrespect by it. Like they're, they're absolute ballers, but at the same time, like I can't think that way. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'll be timid on the mound at that point. If I'm like, Oh, oh this guy's super good. This guy's super good. Yeah. It's like, I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. No, I and I I think I even wrote that when I did write the article after it because I even put like I I do remember that I don't have it pulled up right now but I'm almost positive that at the next line after that you're like oh I couldn't have told you but then you're like you know every, there are studs don't get me yeah, wrong but like, sure, I know my sure. stuff can get them out so I yeah. love that um I don't know what my second my second thought was to that but um I have some one offs for you that there's a certain question and I'm gonna ask this to every single uh, prospect I've asked it to literally every single guest we've had on this off season, which you are number 29. So okay, here it goes. Um, I need to know what is your go-to fast food fried chicken place? Fried chicken? Um, probably Chick-fil-A. Okay. Does that count? Is there a reasoning? Oh yeah, it counts. Okay. Is there a reason? It's gotta be the sauce. I love the, uh, what's that sauce called? The Chick-fil-A sauce. Like, I don't think there's a name for it, but just the Chick-fil-A sauce. I, oh, I'd eat that on everything. Okay. It was a, I will take, I'll accept Chick-fil-A, but have you ever had uh, the most popular answers we've had so far is Kane's is number one. Oh, okay. And Zaxby's is number three behind Chick-fil-A. Um, yeah, I'm going to stick with my answer of Chick-fil-A, but at the same time, Kane's is some serious. I love Kane's. Um, it's just, I feel like I don't see it very often. Um, but then again, I don't really eat fried chicken too much. And if I do, I'm going to go get Chick-fil-A. So, like, yeah, I don't know if I'm the right guy to ask, but for sure, I would. I think I'm still sticking with Chick-fil-A. Yeah, I wasn't going to give you a layup like In-N-Out versus <laughs> Whataburger because I know you're a California guy. I'm for not sure. going to do that. Anyway, it says Whataburger is wrong. Oh, dude, you're, you're in a system with a ton of Texas guys. So I know. <laughs> Dobbins is the number one culprit. Hunter Dobbins said that he even uh, convinced Christopher Troy to be a Waterburger guy, which I saw was false on his Instagram story the other day. So yeah. I'm going to call bluff on Dobbins on that one. But um, well, Dobbins is crazy. <laughs> he gave Chicken Express as his uh, as his answer for the fried chicken place, which is of course, some Texas is. chain. <laughs> I had no idea either. Uh, but he said that his quote on Chicken Express was their sweet tea could put a non-diabetic into a diabetic coma. Oh my gosh. That doesn't <laughs> surprise me even in the slightest. That yeah, kid so. pregame rituals are the craziest I've seen. He'll order like two Chick fil A sandwiches, like 20 nuggets, and like two Dr. Peppers. And he's got to go throw like seven innings. And I'm like, how is this possible? <laughs> Hunter Dobbins does that? Yeah, it's bizarre. And he goes out there and carves, so like you can't say anything. You know what I mean? Like he's, that's just who he is, and that's what he's gonna do. And he's found something that works for him. So that's incredible, man. I uh, I didn't see try, anything like that. Did you yeah. get to try the fried chicken that the Woo Sox had? They had pretty good food. Don't get me wrong. Oh. So they would. You guys eat really well. I that yeah. was like one of my things. Like every time that was down in that clubhouse, I'd always go and look at what you guys had for food. That was mm-hmm. every single day. 
Yeah. But they there's a so basically there's like a buffet that's on the third level, and they used to do on Thursdays they had fried chicken mm-hmm. and fried food, and Never. it was it was okay. Everything else they served was just so good, but that shit was just like not good. <laughs> I'm not a fried chicken guy either. So, you know, like I, I'm like you, like I'll go to Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I mean, Canes is starting to pop up in this area. I think I was just looking the closest Canes to Worcester is going to be probably like a maybe 15 minute drive. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't. So here in like these, the, the, the Chick-fil-A, I'm with you on that. I get the Chick-fil-A sauce too in my, uh, my refrigerator. I'll put that, I'll put on anything. Yeah, exactly. I love Chick-fil-A sauce. Um, but we had guys when I was in Portland, um, like a guy named uh, Zeph, he he would like Uber like 45 minutes just to go to Cane's or Zaxby's, one of the two. But I was like, dang, like you guys got to love these chains in order to do that. And But yeah, it's it's bizarre to me that people will cho- continually continuously choose those type of restaurants over Chick-fil-A just because it's so good. Well, Andrew's trying to get sponsored, I think, the podcast by Zaxby's. It's now his okay. bio, so there we he's go. a big Zaxby's guy. Yeah. You're telling was that Zephyr John you were just talking about? The yeah. Like, I had him on like a few episodes back and he didn't seem like he was the most passionate on the fried chicken thing, but now I'm hearing that he is. So Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was because like we just don't have it very often. So he was like, Oh, there's one forty five minutes away, I'm gonna go. Or if he I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning was, but I was just thrown away by it. Is there a uh, – take separate from the fried chicken. Is there a certain food that is like your – if you're going to indulge and you're going to go in outside your norm of when you're training or whatever, what what is that? What's that meal or dish? Uh, It's got to be fast food. Anything. Anything. Like I love Chinese food. So like Chinese food for me is my – like if I'm going to indulge, I'm going to indulge with Chinese food. Okay. See, I got a sweet tooth. So like – I will be pretty good with what I eat throughout the day. Um, my girlfriend, Emily, is an amazing cook. So, like, anything that she cooks is going to be great. And so, like, I'll have that. And then we usually, like, we'll make, like, brownies or we'll make, like, cookies or something like that. So, when I indulge, it's usually, like, a dessert rather than, like, a fried chicken or something like that. Um, I guess if I had to go with, like, food, though, I'm a sucker for a good Wendy's burger, the Baconator. I don't know why. I don't think it's like the best burger ever. It's just something that's like, it always just calls my name. Um, and like, I'll be back in Portland or in Greenville or something like that. And it'll be 1030 at night. And I'm like, dude, I'm starving. And then I'll go on DoorDash and I'll see Wendy's and I'm like, I can't pass it up. Like I got to go to Wendy's, but I don't know why. Interesting. A Baconator is good though. It's, it's delicious. kind of Spicy underrated to be honest. Spicy I think so too. Sandwich. That that's I haven't had Wendy's and I can't right now at all, but in a very long time, but spicy chicken sandwich would be my go-to. Yeah, there you go. So I, my next one off, it's not food related. We just, uh, I, I, I didn't realize we were uh, talking about food for a while there. So that was, <laughs> it's a plus, but um, I don't, I didn't see anything on uh, your Instagram or anything on, uh, it seems like every single guy I talked to in the system is a big golfer now. Like, did you ever get in on the golf trend? So, I mean, not to toot my own horn or anything, but before I had my ankle surgeries, I was actually pretty good. Like I was like a three to a four handicap and like, it was really fun to go. Don't get me wrong. And then 
as soon as I had my ankle surgeries, like I couldn't have that same torque on my front side because I, I swing left-handed. Um, so it's, it's a lot of torque on your front foot and I just couldn't do it. Um, so I took like 18 months off of nothing. And then one of my buddies was like, Hey, let's go golfing. And I was like, dude, I, I don't even want to pick up a club just because I know how bad it's going to be. So I haven't really golfed in like two and a half years, but the last time I did golf, like I was pretty decent and, um, I, I miss it, but at the same time, it's, it's a lot of money to just go be sweaty. <laughs> so like good point and so i was just not i i have a puppy he's uh 10 weeks old so he takes up all my time now um so but yeah i definitely miss it but not anymore i don't really i don't play anymore okay every single guy i feel like we talk to it's like it's the thing like i know covid kind of like once covid hit a lot of people like started golfing yeah. that seemed mm-hmm. like that was the biggest thing For sure. um and there was always clubs in the Woo Sox locker room. I know <laughs> yeah. Nail brought his in all time. Shug, all those yeah. guys, Koss. Even uh, Epi would hit like a pitching wedge on our field in Portland. And so like it's it's all over baseball for sure. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's it seems like it's like if you're a baseball player, you most likely for sure like nine out of ten times you're you're golfing in your free time. So especially um, pitcher for sure. Oh yeah. Um, shout out to my guy, uh, Nathan Landry that was down in, uh, Greenville this year. He, uh, he gets roasted. He's a Canadian guy. So, uh, I, I even just sent him a message that, uh, he's got a good partner when spring training hits and Roman Anthony, cause he's looking for a guy that's not as good. So, yeah. um, I bet you Roman Roman's good at everything. So he said he wasn't, he yeah, said Roman. it was not his thing. So he, said he likes golf, but his, he didn't use the word atrocious, but. <laughs> He was close to basically saying that, which I find hard to believe. I think, to your point, give him a year. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Just let him swing it a couple times. He'll probably pick it up. Oh, yeah. Um, so I have a couple more. Uh, you've given us a ton of your time, so uh, it's uh, definitely appreciated. But you kind of did bring up something on the, uh, you know, with, you know, with your golf and that you couldn't really put as much torque, you said, into your, your ankle that you had uh, procedures on. So was that so how was that i guess with with baseball now like and not talking golf but like how did you have to like adjust to the post surgery like wind up and yeah uh, your pitch it was it was tough it was um i created a lot of bad habits when i was trying to just pitch through it um so like i was really heavy on like the back of my foot when i was throwing and i didn't want to have any like toe drag on my follow through and stuff like that just to protect it Um, and so I had to, I'm still learning how to do that now just because I created such bad habits doing it. And so, I mean, Dan Delucia, who's our, uh, rehab pitching coach, uh, down here in Florida, I've been working with him every day of just trying to figure out how to stay grounded onto the rubber more and, um, just ultimately trying to perfect my mechanics because my body moves really well for how big I am. And so like, I can put my body into certain positions and be fine. Um, but at the same time, like I, like I said, I created a lot of bad habits. So we're just trying to clean those up now. All right. And uh, Chris, I empty in the bench here. I have one more um, that might be a two-parter. So if you got anything to end it on or yeah. whatever you got left. So I'm going to go with a little, uh, so I, I've been asking everybody right now because we're getting into the holiday season. So I'll ask the same question. Um, how soon is too soon? for a Christmas tree to be put up day after we celebrate the holidays acceptable. Anything else is not acceptable. <laughs> okay. 
I, I'm looking at my tree right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if I, I've been saying it in fairness, I have a one bedroom apartment. I get, I get a ton of storage, but just not deep storage. So this thing can't fit in yeah. a closet. And it was a drunken purchase. I, I got, I went to a bar a few years back, had a couple of shots. It was in my tequila days. And <laughs> I woke up the next morning. I spent 400 bucks at QVC on a Christmas tree. So <laughs> I love your ass. It's going to be out there whenever I can it's, have it. There's a story though. I accept what, what your story is. So I think um, you're clear. All right. So separate, just kind of separate, just kind of, you know, we're in the off season, you know, you're going to be training separate from baseball. What's some other things that you like to do? Are there any sort of, are there any Netflix shows, uh, Hulu? Is there anything like that you're into? Um, how did, like, how do you, share some of your time outside of baseball with you, your girlfriend, stuff like that. Um, like I said, we just got a puppy. And so for over the last six weeks, that's literally all of our time has just been taking care of him and making sure he doesn't go to the bathroom in the house. Um, so my hobby right now is taking care of him, but um, just kind of harping on what we had talked about previously is golf was one of my hobbies that I did. Um, so I love, but growing up, I was big in fishing, big in like five stand, like trapping, skeet shooting, um, stuff like that. And so I guess just the older I'm getting is like, I'm losing those hobbies. Um, but I love just like my alone time. Like if I can get an hour to myself of just decompressing, um, I learned that about myself over the last couple of years of like, just wanting to be by myself. And it's, I don't think that's negative at all. I just think that everybody needs to be with their own thoughts for a little bit um, and just digest them and figure out why you're thinking that way and what's, what's going on in your life. Um, I love to journal. Um, that's one thing that's helped me keep my sanity through baseball is just journaling everything that I'm doing, everything I'm learning, just whether it's baseball related, life related, just everything. Um, so I think I'm just growing up in that aspect. Uh, my life's getting a little bit more boring, I would say, <laughs> but uh yeah, I, I guess I would just say that. I I don't know if we're if it's boring, but I think the term is we're just getting old. I guess yeah. I just I have to keep telling myself that is like I promise I like I'm still fun. I'm just a little more boring. I guess yeah. like it's I don't know. Yeah. Um, and like a, a lot of guys will their escape is to like go to a bar or like go to a party stuff like that, and that's just not who I am. Like you'll never find me at a bar. Like I don't ever drink. Like my getaway is just being by myself or being with my girlfriend, being with my dogs. Like that's what makes me happy. And so, um, that's literally all I do now. Yeah, I respect it. It's, uh, I'm, I'm not one to really go out much either anymore. So, I mean, it's, it's not for everyone and I I'm with it. So, um, I have a, my, one of my last questions here is, um, it's not a hard question, but it's just like, uh, I guess it's a little more serious. I guess not really, but <laughs> yeah. um, you're rule five eligible uh, this off season and y you, you put yourself on the map. Like, I, I feel like you're, you're definitely on the radar now of like, okay, like you're rule five eligible. You came back this year and you proved that you can stick around. So um, sure. has there been any, like now that you're in the off season, do you have any thoughts about that? Or um, I guess what, what is your take on it? Um, no, I wouldn't say so. Uh, definitely not thinking about it just because like I have zero control of it. So like if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, honestly, I'm just praying for maybe a 40 man spot. Um, that's, that's the number one priority on my mind. That's what I'm working for. Big league invite and maybe added to the 40 man. 
just because I love being in Boston. I love the people here. I love the coordinators. I love the training staff. Like everyone here is just top notch. And so the longer that I can stay here, the better in my opinion. And, um, if my road takes me somewhere else, I'd be more than happy to go there just because that'll give me an opportunity to prove myself on a different level. And, um, I think that would be awesome. But at the same time, I'm definitely very happy where I'm at right now. And then I wanted to follow that up with, um, you, obviously we talked earlier, there was, there's been a lot of guys that have left the org, uh, in, in coaching roles and things, but did you have any, like, like, uh, takeaways from uh the new cbo breslow joining the organization um it's just nice to have a, a baseball guy like he's been there done that um uh he was a well, probably like 12 years i want to say in the bigs um like so like i said like you can't having a guy like that at the top of your org is very beneficial and he's brilliant from what i've known i haven't gotten the opportunity to meet him face to face but uh, very smart guy. I think he was like an engineer in college, stuff like that. So he's definitely got the mental capacity for it. And I think he's very knowledgeable and is going to help us a lot. Um, I mean, I can't thank Heim enough for what he did for me just because I wasn't one of his trade guys. Um, so I was definitely sad to see him go just because he was my guy. Like I thought that um, he was the guy that wanted me. So like, I wanted to do everything in my power to prove him right. You know what I mean? Um, and so it's going to be tough to see him go, but at the same time, I'm looking forward to what's new in our organization and finding my way through this one. And yeah, I just wanted to, we are very pro I'm bloom as well. Yeah. We, uh, he was a, we saw him in Worcester throughout the year this year and he was always fantastic. So, Unbelievable. um, we're definitely going to miss him, uh, but we are excited as well for Craig. So, yeah, for um, sure. but uh, Grant, we, uh, we thank you for your time. You gave us a ton of time this afternoon. Um, and by the way, you told me you weren't a social media guy and you've been putting up some good stuff on Instagram. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure your girlfriend would be very proud. <laughs> That's all due to my girlfriend. She's the one that like picks out the pictures and all that type of stuff. I'm usually just the caption guy and my captions are like two <laughs> words. So like, I don't really do much of it, but um, I appreciate the words for sure. The yeah, food, I, the food from that Italy trip. I'm looking at it right now. Like that bowl of pasta, that looks outstanding. So I don't want to crush your guys' dreams or anything, but the food in Italy underrated or overrated. Okay. Overrated. Oh. Okay. Okay. Um, they were. I'm gonna be honest with you. The Americanized versions of everything was way better. Like. I don't know. If you go to Italy, like, there's no protein. Like, you can't get, like, spaghetti and meatballs or chicken Alfredo. Like, there's nothing like that. It's just oh, it's just a pasta. soft pasta. So, like, that was kind of just disappointing to me just because I, my hopes were so high that <laughs> when I got there and was like, do you guys, can I just get protein? Like, can I get meatballs on this? And they were like, no, we don't do that. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, what? So, I don't know. I Personally, the trip was unbelievable the scenery everything like that just to be indulge yourself in a different community and different stuff like that was um awesome but yeah gotta be honest with you the food was a letdown us americans we're we're spoiled man we uh <laughs> we love our our meat uh, meat and potatoes yeah. type of country I'm, I'm all for it so for sure but but grant thank you so much for uh for hopping on and uh we'll we'll be seeing you in uh in fort myers and then worcester to start the season so thank you for your time i appreciate the invite thank, thank you, you.